beep. That just sounds like you cursed. No. <laughs> yes, it did. That's not what I mean, though. Anytime you put a beep in some type of audio but no, message. We're going to cut it out. You're going to cut out the beep? Yeah. That's how you know when to cut it, things out. Um, you should clap or something, but not do beep. It sounds like you actually covered I'm going to cut it out. Okay. Just in the future. Beep. <laughs> And together we believe in intentional dreaming for international living. But for now we enjoy our small town Iowan life, playing games and cooking foods of all types. Most of all, we enjoy traveling to new places. And as we plan to move overseas one day, we hope to use this time to share our transition and experiences along the way. Do you have any updates? What's going on in your life? Um, we're going to DC on Tuesday. Woohoo! In a few days. Oh, I'm excited. This will come out when we're in DC, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. March 14th, I believe. Next Sunday. Yeah. We switched to releasing oh, it on Sundays instead yeah. of Mondays. You tell us, like, do you as listeners like to have a new podcast come out on Sundays? Or would Mondays be better? I don't know. They'll have um, to answer it. It's going to tell them that. It's going to have them answer it. Oh, well, they can. So this will come out when we're in D.C. And so it'll be fun. We'll just have finished up kind of the vacation portion of our trip. Katie will be working, doing her lobbying. and Well, technically it's not lobbying. It's more like obtaining skills and then listening in. Obtaining skills to do what? To, I think, eventually know how to lobby. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like nowhere near this. So like the reason I'm going to the conference is more to learn how policies and regulations are created for things like international education and international students. And I think there's some other type things. Like, I think the two bills that we're going to hear about, or briefings, I think they're called, is the conversation between the U.S. and Cuba and how that works with higher education. Hmm. And then the other topic is immigration reform. And how it works with international students. Yes and no. I think it will just kind of cover a broad range of topics. I probably should actually read the material that they sent me, but they just sent it to me, so I haven't had time to look at it. Are you supposed to, like, read through it before? I think I'll need to be aware of what's going on, um, or at least read through the briefing documents before we go, but that's kind of why that first day is there, is they kind of go through these topics with us and talk about how things work and um, how we can play roles in higher ed and just, I think, in our community, being international educators and making an impact on, like, how things work in Congress. And, and that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think so. It could be really good or it could be really bad. So hopefully a lot of it my views... It be bad. It could just be... Awkward. Boring. Boring. Yeah, maybe. Boring. I think it'll be more information, like informative, more exciting since it's the first time that, like this is new to me. So it'll be my first time to do something like this. Is this like an ongoing thing? They do it every year, or at least this conference they do every year. It's at least something that I can bring back and say, here's something that I learned and here's some skills that I took away from it. And here's how we can maybe be a little bit more proactive in our community back here so that we can world peace. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's all i could think of whenever i think of lobbying and briefings in congress and listening to things like that world peace wow yeah (laughs) yeah it'll be interesting i'm also interested to see how this will be our first trip since we started this podcast Mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how knowing that we'll talk about it on a podcast will affect our travels Maybe not our travels, but how we can do a better job of like recording along the way so that we can. That's what I mean. Yeah. Our travels. I thought you meant like changing what activities we actually do in order to report back to people. Like we're not going to choose poor Uh, restaurants when actually we probably would choose poor restaurants. Like maybe we would only go to restaurants that would be good. Why why would we go to a. Because we just might not know if it's bad or not. That's happened before. Yeah. Right. I don't understand what you're saying. We might not know that it's a bad restaurant. We might right, just go thinking know. it's going to be great instead of like being safe and going to places that are like really widely known. We tend to choose like places that aren't. So necessary. we wouldn't take risks or we would. We will take more risks because um, we talk about it more. No, we, maybe we would be more conscious of what we're doing so that we can say this is good or this isn't good. 
So last summer, we spent the month of July traveling. That was your transition. <laughs> yeah. That was a terrible transition. When we got married, we knew that the summer that we, after we got married, we wanted to go overseas. And so we had stayed home, like stayed closer to home for our honeymoon mm-hmm. in order to save more money, save vacation. Minneapolis. Minneapolis is where we went. Um, in the winter. In the winter. <laughs> It was very nice. It was nice. And I'm actually kind of glad we stayed close. Um, we didn't really save on any vacation because I, I still took off that whole week. But We saved money, though. Yeah, we did save money. And we just knew we wanted to go overseas that summer. And so we were kind of saving for that as well as, yeah, just making dreams and visions and plans for our future. And so one of our kind of goals that we made before we got married, I can't remember. Was it before we got married? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's uh, was that every summer we would go overseas until we actually move mm-hmm. overseas. There are a couple of reasons why we decided to go overseas for each summer, like until we actually move overseas. And one of those reasons was uh, to kind of gain vision for where we wanted to be. Like where we wanted to move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first summer, we neither one of us had actually traveled internet. Like we hadn't traveled internationally together. So this was that was a really good test for us being newly married, having both traveled overseas separately to travel together to Turkey, our choice country, mm-hmm. and see if this is something that we would enjoy doing together. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> ended we up being it? yeah, ended up being a good trip. Yeah, it was. Um, it was fun. Yeah. And then the second reason was when you decide to take a big international trip every summer, you really have to prioritize where your money goes mm-hmm. and your budget. So it makes you consciously choose throughout the year where where to spend your money and where to save your money. So we put a lot of – I mean, you have to be pretty conscious to yeah. put money into savings or into pretty a travel – Yeah, so we were dreaming intentionally. Yeah, about international living. (laughs) Jeez ball. Um, but it but it's so true. That's what we had to do. We had you and I were using our desire to move overseas, and we were trying to be realistic during the year. And it did make us focus on like this is what we want to do. And when you have to focus on saving to go internationally in the summer, then it just means that all the other things that could hinder you from moving overseas are just not options. Yeah. Or more that you can't, that we couldn't spend that money on something else. Yeah. Like buying a house or something. Or upgrading to like a midsize SUV. Right. Which all of those things were actually discussed in the last two years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. More like one-way discussions. <laughs> yeah. Katie wanted it and Jason, Jason said, said no. No. But it was really good that you did that. Yeah. Like I'm really thankful that you did that. Because we had a purpose. Right. And I, like I said before, like, you know, I'm a dreamer and I think of like 50 different things that we can do in a year and half of them are really bad ideas. Not bad ideas. You can't do them all at the same time. Can't do them all, right? So and we were already on a path. Yeah, and it just helped me. It just helped us. Yeah. It helped me, I think, more than it helped us. But it gave you really good reasons to say, say no. well, not just you. I mean, you didn't ultimately say no. Like we said no together. But they were good right. reminders of why we like why were we going overseas every summer? Why are we? Sp- spending this money or saving this money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were planning on going overseas again last summer and going to Turkey to go to Izmir, uh, where we are hoping to move. Since we were going, you would talk to your work about potentially adding on some some work travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, came, that all came about right around the time that my boss was retiring, and I wanted to kind of take advantage of my travels like overseas, our tra- our family travels overseas in the summer um, to do some more work for creating new study abroad programs. Mm-hmm. And we, you and I had actually talked about two locations. We had said, we'll go to Turkey, but we'll also go and visit one of my friends oh, yeah. um, who live in Dubai. Um, and they actually had flown in for our wedding. So they were a couple that we really, we really liked. Um, mm-hmm. And I really 
I really love. So So we were going to go see them anyway, or try to anyway. Right. And since we were already kind of doing those things, why not do some work things while we're there? And yeah, and then the other idea was to go to Italy because there's just a huge foodie network there and there's some history and in old neighborhoods of just really good and vibrant food industries and but that was we wouldn't have went to Italy if it wasn't for your work. No. Like I, I I wrote a proposal for Dubai and then I also wrote a proposal for Italy. Saying these are the two that we already have connections. You you and I have connections with, but also like the university I work for have connections with in Italy. Um, that we could go to these places and develop these programs. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that's what we decided to do. So this episode, you want to talk about Italy? Oh, of course. It's a great idea. We did so much in Italy, it seems like it's going to be hard to talk about. Yeah, I agree. When I was looking at pictures and notes, mm-hmm. some of the things that I wanted to say are like one sentence. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Well, to you usually about. have one sentence. I usually can make a paragraph out of it. So Yeah, it was like, the place we stayed the first day, the staircase was big enough for horses. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah. But that's all I have to say about it. So it's I, not its not like a story to talk about in the podcast. It's just kind of a neat little thing to, to say. No, but there's some history with that. So the university I work for, they have a campus that is in Rome. And they were able, they were given like an historic building to like then house these programs and have semester long students come over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in like the middle of the Jewish ghetto. Or it's right next to the ghetto. Or right next to the ghetto. Yeah, I don't think it's actually in the ghetto. But this place was really nice. Yeah, and it was it has a lot of history there. Um they did they spent quite a bit of resources uh, renovating the place and so like there's they've been able to like get down to the original paints really redo the staircase which is huge like mm-hmm. you said there's horses. horses yeah yeah so the places we stayed were nice that the first place we did stay was part of the university that i work for they have like apartments or something mm-hmm. and they were great there wasn't any air conditioning and during that whole week that we were in italy they were having some front like heat wave heat wave come up from north africa and i just remember it being so hot it was hot like our whole trip yeah well i mean it was july in the middle of july so i know what do you expect i'm not but... sure well we did try to make sure all the other places that we stayed at had air conditioning but it was just that first the first few nights when we stayed there didn't have any air conditioning yeah um hot. yes very hot but there were some pretty cool things that we did in Rome. What what were some of your favorite things that we did? Like, what was your what was the best thing that you think we did? Like, I don't know if it. I don't know how to say the best thing. There was lots of really cool things. Um, one of the first things that we did was walk down to see the Pantheon, mm-hmm. and this was really cool for me um, because I didn't really know what the Pantheon was, and you were kind of leading. Probably. I have, I've been, been to Italy before. before. I should say I this. I never. I hadn't. And so we were walking down and we kind of came up the back way and then we come through and then there's just this huge old building. Massive dome. You know, after we were walking out of, out of the alleys. And the Pantheon is this huge church. It's a church now. It wasn't originally a church, but it was built in like second century and it's just it's basically one huge room that has a dome on top and then like a little circle it's not a little circle but it's like open air like a uh sunroof sure sunroof that doesn't have any actual like roof to it yeah but it's just so when it rains it rains through there yeah and it's just massive and it was really impressive to just be walking through old city there's houses and then hmm Here's a 2,000-year-old building that's still standing here. And well, so it was. that was one of the, the coolest things to... Because before that, we were just... It just was like an old city that just had like normal buildings. But that one was kind of the first ancient building that we saw. And it was really impressive. I was... When I first... Like the first time I went to Italy, that was the one of the first things I wanted to see. Because... In high school, I had to take art history class, and she wanted, she made us do these, like, clay 
like miniature models of the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. And she made us do the dome. And like the, the point of this was um, it's not so easy to make a dome like on a miniature model, much less like a massive scale yeah. of, you know, if it's too thin, then when you bake it, it's going to crack and fall apart, which is what half of ours did. And then if you do it like too thick, it'll probably fall before it even gets into there. Like it because it has to set for a certain amount of time. So it just was something that I just remember very vividly learning about in um, high school in my art history class. And then actually getting to finally see it was really fun for me. Yeah, and they will maybe talk about this a little later. There's a cathedral in Florence that that has another dome. And they had a lot of problems figuring out how to make this dome. And they were trying to figure out how the Pantheon did it. The one in, in Florence they were doing, it was like in the 1600s. And so they're looking at this one that was like 1500 years prior to it. And we're trying to figure out how they did it and Mm -hmm. trying to replicate it because the knowledge that they used to build the Pantheon had been lost in, in those 1500 years. And I think it's really interesting that ancient knowledge to do like these really impressive things was just lost somehow. I think often we have a a view of history, like people in the past were just ignorant and didn't really know things and then you know we have science and now we now we're just yeah now we're just really smart and and whatnot and but no they did some really awesome impressive things long long time ago that that we still don't really fully understand how they managed to do it probably why they're called like the seven wonders of wonders of the world yeah because we wonder how they did it (laughs) cha-ching Yeah, I liked the Pantheon. What um was there another thing that you liked? Yeah, we saw the Colosseum too. Yeah, which is of course what everyone wants to go to Rome to see. Yeah. And but it's well worth going. Yeah, you have to go see it. It's like going to China but not seeing the Great Wall of China, you know. Yeah. It might not be that impressive, which it is impressive, but you can't go and not see it. The Great Wall of China it's or like the Colosseum? Both. Oh, yeah. And it's like going to Rome without going in the Vatican. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's something that you have to go in and see. Like, you can see yeah. it from the outside, but you really need to go on the inside because it's just massive. It's a massive structure. Mm-hmm. Like, even now, you can see all the underlings, like the underworkings and what used to be underneath the ground level. Yeah, ground level of where the they actually fought. And so it's just, just to see all of the structures, it just it's pretty impressive, I thought. And we went on a free day? We did. We went on a free day, and I'm pretty sure that that line was like two miles long. It was not that long, but it was really long. It had it. It was really, really we long. We tried to even get there early. Yeah, we weren't very early. No. No. We probably needed to get, like, early should have been, like, 6 a.m. First people lined up at the door early. But it actually didn't turn out too long. I think we only waited, like, a half hour. Well, there were those guys that came around who were, like, pay 30 euros to get through the line and mm-hmm. come in with the tour with us and we're like it's just not worth it to pay that much money was it originally 30 euros because we were at the very end of the line and there was somebody trying to do that we had thought it was too expensive it was really pricey it was like 30 or 40 euros per person yeah to go in and then so we said no we'll just wait in yeah line. and so we waited maybe another 15 20 minutes and then another lady came up offering the same thing who was not pushy she was not pushy at all she was just kind of like walking back and forth like but it was like 10 euros or 15 euros or something per person yeah it was way cheaper which is the price to get into the coliseum on a normal day yeah and so in my mind it totally made sense to just like if i if i would be here any other day to pay 13 or 14 euros then fine yeah and so it was it was kind of weird because we didn't it's not like this is a formal process or maybe it is formal or something i don't know how formal it was but we walked we just walked to the front of the line and then waited until they had enough people and Mm -hmm. then pretty much just forced our way through forced to wait through but these were like italian tour guides the other people were like foreign tour guides this gal was italian they they were all legitimate like because they have to like register and have like name badges or something but there's not like a separate door we went in. We just kind of like forced our way through the line. Well, we followed the people in, in front of us. That's what you do. Yeah. With confidence, it, you barge through. But it worked and we were able to skip the line and not stand in the sun and we saw the Colosseum. Yeah. How many like, like levels are there? Three. Three or four. But I mean, the levels are like 20 feet. Yeah. Not like a normal. It's big. It's really cool. If you ever get the chance to go, you should go. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, not that you would think, hmm, I'm not going to go see the Coliseum. I don't know if anybody would ever say that. So you don't really need our recommendation to go. Yeah, but we, I would say if you get to go, like the best thing we did was go with a tour guide. Yeah, definitely. Uh, They do have the audio that you can listen to at certain places, I Mm -hmm. believe. And the first time I went through, I was able to get a student pass and then it was just easy, easier, like more affordable to go ahead and just get the headphones with it and i think i did the forum first and then i went over to the coliseum um but this time we did the coliseum first and we went over to the forum that's right across the street mm-hmm. and the tour guide was just handy she taking us to different places and giving us some information she answered questions and she was kind i think we just got we just really lucked out with a really nice yeah. tour guide and you didn't it was really nice you didn't have to stay with her after we got done with the coliseum but we enjoyed it so much that when we went over to the forum we just we just stuck around. It was good because the forum is like it's like we, a big park with a bunch of with just a bunch of rocks. rocks. Well, rocks that used to be buildings, and some buildings that are more like rocks now. Uh, and so it's helpful to have somebody to go and say, "This is what this is, and this is what this is." And we didn't get to see everything, but the things that we did see, we understood. She explained to us what they were, mm-hmm. and so. It was pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things too. I think I really enjoyed it because like, we got to do that together. Um, just because this trip to Italy was a little bit weirder than some of our other trips because I had some work, I had a, quite a bit of work stuff to do. And so I would go do my work stuff. You would work as much as you needed to that day and then go and do some things that I had already done before. Um, so it was fun to actually get to do like the Colosseum and Roman Forum with you on a, on a day where there just wasn't any work stuff for me. And then the Pantheon was just something we did after. Like we didn't have any work things. So we just spent the evenings kind of walking around and seeing some of the other things we could talk a little bit about these other i'll just mention a couple of the other things that we saw um and i'll just link some i'll have some links in the show notes but Mm -hmm. we did go see the spanish steps Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, you cannot eat on the Spanish steps. Yeah, we got you will get in trouble. I don't know. It was weird, but nobody was eating around us, and I didn't notice well, it. they're not allowed to, I, I guess. know, but I didn't know. There wasn't any sign that didn't say no eating. He we just, got in trouble. And came up. And somebody should have, like, just tapped us on the shoulder and said, hey, this guy's going to come run you off, but nobody did that. Yeah, it turned out okay. Yeah. But he, wasn't, be- he wasn't, like, mean or anything. He just said, yeah, before we went up on the Spanish steps, do you remember at the very bottom of it, there was somebody taking pictures of this wedding couple? Mm-hmm. That was really sweet. We said we weren't going to talk about these things. Oh, right. Um, so the other <laughs> thing was the Treve Fountain, which uh-huh. is where everyone goes and, like, tosses a coin over the back of their head. We didn't get to do any of that. Because it was under construction. Yeah. I was so bummed because it's so pretty. We both went to um, a tour at the Italy place. Mm -hmm. Like E-A-T. Italy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the tour is takes you kind of around the regions of Italy and you can try some different foods that are popular in different areas. Neither one of us really cared for it. But pizza was good. The pizza was good. The food was good. Um, I think one other, and I did a foodie tour with um, one of our colleagues from the university I work at, and she took me around like this old neighborhood. So like my favorite, one of my favorite things, and I did it without you. I wish you could have gone with me on it, but I know you had to work. Was I went around an old neighborhood where the it's just really known for the restaurants and the food that they produce there, mm-hmm. and it's called Testaccios like neighborhood and there are um like a pasta making place Uh, there's a a meat a dried meat or cured meat place that we went to called volpetti's and then there's a like a testaccio food market so just a bunch of vendors there's restaurants but you can also buy like local produce lots of like a cannoli, just some different things that you can buy at this open air food market. And then the coolest thing on our trip, on our like tour around this place, um, we walked and walked and walked. She had her car, so we kind of jumped from place to place, was the Testaccio Pottery Mounds. And it's basically this mound of old pottery that food was brought in in ancient times in food, I mean, whatever they wanted to trade were brought in in these old potteries and they looked different as time changed, but there were pots that you could stand on top of each other. Do you remember me telling you about this? Yeah, of course. And the pottery would change over time too, but whenever pots broke or if they, you know, 
needed to trash them and they just put them in this mound and they would lay them like they had to be laid a certain way so that it just wasn't a mess a mess and so um then what happened is that all around these mounds they ended up carving into the mound these little single stalls yeah single door stalls that only have like a one door entryway and they all look the same and so one could be like a car shop one could be a food place one could be like a coffee shop and they're all around the mound and you can actually go in and like on the back wall you can see some of the original pottery Hmm. and you can see how they're like carefully stacked in place and sometimes you could see like the little o of the like top of the pottery Hmm. anyways it it was really really cool because you wouldn't know that it was a mound of pottery because at the top there's all these like overgrown grass and trees that have grown out of this pottery but when you're in these little shops around the mound then you can see the back wall and they all have like a little area that they can show them that's really cool yeah i really really liked it the other cool thing we we did is go to the vatican and i had never been there before um we didn't plan no i didn't plan it well enough so we got there about the time it closed to like go into saint peter's basilica um so we didn't actually get to go in but we were at the square and saw the the obelisk and and all this stuff and saw a changing of the the guard I'm glad that we went there. It was it's interesting to go to a place that you have seen on TV and see it in context because we see it a lot like whenever they're talking about the Catholic Church or when there's a new pope coming in, you can see all the people filling St. Peter's Square and all of that or even the movie what's that one movie Da Vinci Code where mm-hmm. you know they're running through St. Peter's Square and you see it but you don't before you go there you don't have it like in the context of the rest of the city and so it's really interesting to be able to walk into it and see it and understand kind of how how it all looks and works and and whatnot I thought that was really interesting I'm bummed you didn't get to go in inside it it's always next time yeah we both decided that we would go again to Rome well to Italy there's just so much more that we could see yeah and then we so eventually we left Rome and went to Tuscania right Tuscania 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 well you can say it Tuscania they said Tuscania Hmm. which isn't Tuscany it's Tuscania is... It's a different... It's a city. Yeah, but it's like a small city. It's a very small city. And we have a university partner there that our students can go and take classes at. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. they. The reason we went there, I don't know if we would have ever made it to this place um, had it just been you and I, but because we have a partner there and they do classes, we went to check it out and... They also took us to some agro-tourism places, mm-hmm. which was just really interesting. Basically, local business, a local farm-to-table, a small family farming. And so we were able to see some of that and then just see some of the local places where our students would stay if we brought them to this area. And really, it was just a, it was actually a really just wonderful little town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we were only there for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could have actually spent the night. I think it just would have been... Yeah. Nice. Really, yeah, it just would have been a really quiet, serene place. And yeah. it seems like, at least from what my students have told me and what their staff there has said, is that the locals just really embrace and love on the students who do come. It's a really small campus of this institution. And so we don't have a lot of students go. And at any one point in time, there's not a ton of students there. But the fact that they're locals really embrace who is there and just invite them in and help them learn to love Italian culture was something that was really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of made it made me want to go back and be a student or work for this little campus and kind of help others learn to embrace and love the Italian culture. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then we moved on to Florence. Yeah. We stayed in an Airbnb place here that I had found. We really liked it. It was, a, it was one of the newer places, just a one bedroom, little tiny, tiny place. Yeah, it was quaint. Yeah, and we almost, we had a little bit of a hard time finding it, but do you remember that we had them drop us off Mm -hmm. at the outside of it, but they weren't supposed to go into the city center? Yeah. There's like some weird rule where if you don't have a license to drive into the city center, like a certain, past a certain point within the town square or town, downtown area, Mm -hmm. like you can actually get fined for driving into that that area and our driver definitely went in there definitely yeah 
like to the point where like down streets that he did shouldn't even be down yeah there were like sidewalks yeah like <laughs> pedestrian but he was great and we we kind of we you walk into this like big long wall of apartments and you don't realize that through the doors there's actually a courtyard yeah um and then it's just this really open courtyard with our little one bedroom apartment and right behind the one bedroom apartment like over the top of the roof you can see the duomo Mm -hmm. of the basilica right behind us big yeah the dome that i was talking about earlier yeah it was that they were trying to rival the pantheon with Mm -hmm. yeah it was so it's lit up and you can just see it in the sky and it was really neat yeah very picturesque indeed Uh, and this is the basilica that florence is most known for like Mm -hmm. you walk into florence you go downtown it you there is no missing this church like you can't miss it you can't miss it and it's again one of the things like the pantheon is that i didn't know it was there and so we walked into this opening and then there's this huge basilica it's massive and it's all painted really ornately and it was really uh uh i don't even know how to how to describe it it's it's overwhelming i guess did you like do any research before you went to italy no (laughs) I feel like every time we went somewhere, you were like, oh, this is... Well, that's not quite true. I did some research, but not much. Yeah. I'm kind of like, let's figure out what we need to do so we don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. And Jason's a little bit more like... Well, for this trip, it, since since everywhere we went, we went there because of your work. I didn't really plan too much. Because you, you took care of, like, we need to go here because I have to do this. And then we're going to go here so I can do this. I was like, okay, I'll just follow along. Yeah. And so we get to a city and then I'll kind of figure out what to do. But so, but you did want to see the David statue, which is yes. in Florence. Yes. And you did a much better job of making sure you'd actually be able to see it. Yes. That was one of the things I went while you were working. Mm-hmm. I went to, to this museum, Academia, and saw the statue of David. Was it all you thought it would be? It was taller, I think, than I thought it was. Do you think it's because people were taller at that point in time? No, it's just (laughs) the statue. Did you know that he carved that from one piece of marble? Yeah, I think I did. Did you know that there are three of them in the city? Yes, I did. Well, are there three or are there more than three? There might be more than three. There's at least three. There's only one original and that's in the museum. And Mm -hmm. then there's a couple other ones that are just in, in a square and one's on like this hill that overlooks the city and it's pretty cool the one in the museum is actually behind this glass wall because somebody in the 90s took a hammer to his foot i don't think i remember that yeah so he was kind of a crazy guy who said he said he was told to do it by like one of michelangelo's models back you know a long time ago or something yeah and so he hit it with a hit it with a hammer and they were able to like kind of put it back together because they collected all the pieces mm-hmm. but you can still the toe is still smashed up i don't remember that at all did you end up going into the church the basilica no i didn't go in yeah i can't remember what the inside of the church looks like but i really liked florence did you like florence yeah did you like it more than rome um i don't know it was smaller than i like it because it's smaller than rome yeah we didn't spend as much time there so i don't know if i liked it better or worse we did have steak florentine there oh yeah you found this place yeah what was it known for well the steak of course but like why did you choose it no particular reason just on yelp and it was um cheaper than some of the other places to get the steak florentine yeah, you'll, which we, is just like a really big steak. Yeah, and I think we have leftovers too. Yeah, we did, but it was really good. So we haven't <laughs> talked a lot about food, and I think that we just did. I don't know. We I feel like we did a very poor job on her our food choices in Italy. Yeah, I think that's true. It seemed like this seems wrong when I think about like Italian food. It's like a big thing, right? I know. I I but we, we just didn't lost like so many lost opportunities. Much. I think of it was like pizza. It's like all there was, it seemed like. No, Though, I'm just, in, I just think we made poor choices on the restaurants that we uh, picked. That could be. What was the next city in Bologna? Yeah. In Bologna, I had the best sandwich of my life. <laughs> was I with you? Yeah, you were. It was after we went somewhere. No, it was in Parma. In Parma, after we went to the Barilla factory. Mm-hmm. We were walking, you know, walking around and we found this like, it was like a cafe right on the corner and... We ordered these sandwiches. 
Uh-huh. And they were amazing. You're shaking your head. I have I have no recollection of this. Mm, now you know how I feel. <laughs> it wasn't as memorable, I guess. Best sandwich of my life. Maybe. Yeah, I can't remember. Okay, so just food in general. Like, we'll we'll go back to Florence, but I think when we ate with um some of our like some of my coworkers in Rome, and that meal was amazing because they ordered everything, and I wasn't feeling well. Yeah, well, we were also coming off of a really long flight, and but that was a really good meal that I felt like if we could have ordered food like that the rest of the time then we probably would have been way more happier yeah we don't eat a lot of italian food anyway yeah like we're not you're not a big pasta person i love pasta but we just don't eat it very much yeah and so maybe that was it well they have i mean i'm not a gluten-free person i just don't tend to eat noodles and pasta but there there are choices other than like what i don't know we just didn't eat it so i think we did (laughs) we ate more pizza we ate we ate in in the mornings most times like we bought eggs and or if we went out and we just don't eat a lot of like muffins or croissants either yeah and so if i went and caught something like on the go then it was a the only options were like croissants and a cappuccino and while that's great just doesn't work well with my body I embraced it for as many mornings as I could, but on the other mornings we did eggs or we had food that we kind of carried from one location to the next. It kind of saved on money. It kind of, like, we would always have leftovers from where we went, and so we should just eat them instead of, like, waste it. Yeah. We should have just known how to maybe order or how to maybe do the food better. Because remember we went and ate that restaurant and we ordered food and think prices were just, it was just a little bit pricey. So I think this has something to do with it. There is a, it seems psychological that when the prices are low, but you know, or the number is low, but mm-hmm. you know, it actually costs more mm-hmm. in your home currency that it makes it feel more expensive. Maybe. Because we went, we went from Italy, which was in the Euro and the Euro is, is less than the dollar. More, more than the dollar. It's worth more than the dollar, mm-hmm. but the prices are less. And so you have to multiply up. And so it makes the price feel more expensive. Whereas like when we went to Turkey and in in Dubai, to get to the US dollar, you actually go down. And so it makes it feel like you're getting more more, for your money, more for your money, like it's a value because the number are less or more. And so I think that makes it seem more expensive. Yeah. And I wonder if we were just being more cautious with our food choices, knowing that we still had like three more weeks that we were going to be gone. Yeah. So that could have been it too. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have some really good pasta in Bologna. So if if we move on from Florence, there's so many. Oh, okay. So one other place that we went to in Florence, um, I did a lot of work in Florence. We really didn't have much time. And so if we could ever go back, I would like to go back to Florence. Mm-hmm. But we did take one evening after I was done with work. And there's like a lookout. Um, what is it called? The Piazza? Piazza de Michelangelo. Sure. And um, because this is where the one this of is where the statues, the green the, Michelangelo, the David statue is on top of yeah, the hill. The green David, because it was green. It was green. I don't think it's supposed to be green. So, anyways, the green David was on top of this lookout point, and of course, there are like thousands of people who are up there, and the yeah. day is beautiful and sunset. We did walk all the way up there. Did we walk all the way back down? Yeah. There were so many steps. Yeah. And it was like, it was not just us that were having a hard time getting all the way up there. Like other people were like taking breaks along the way. But it was gorgeous and everyone watched the sunset and people took pictures and yeah, it was just a beautiful view over Florence. And you can see the Duomo of the church at the Basilica that was in town. And yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It was really nice. And then, of course, they have like the little vendors that you can buy from. So they always have the the people who have purses and things selfie like that. Selfie sticks. Yeah. Ooh, selfie sticks. Those things are dangerous. Dangerous? Yeah, they had so many people using them and they were like not really watching where they were. Did you see anybody get hit or anything? Um, I saw a few close calls. Mm. So dangerous. I know. Yeah. So after Florence, we like the main goal of going north was to hit the Barilla factory for me because there's a Barilla factory close to us. Um, it's actually in the town where the university I work for is. But the original Barilla factory is in Parma. And so we stayed in Bologna because we were flying out of Bologna. And Parma was like a train ride away. It was super easy to get back and forth. And so we went to Parma for the day, but we stayed in Bologna. And Parma is just a quaint little town. Not much there, but it was pretty. And we ate lunch, but we went and... Best sandwich of my life. Oh, okay. In that place. Yeah. Man, gotta get better at this. We went to the Barilla... Not the Barilla factory. Technically, we went to Academia 
Barua, and yeah, it's, it's like just their a school. yeah. So the school is on the original site of the original factory location, um, and then the factory is a little bit out of the way. Um, and we didn't have time to go to the factory, um, or it just I don't wasn't. I think you could. I think it wasn't available for us to go at that point in time. But we were able to meet the or like the person who's in charge of tours at the Academia School. Brilla. Um, in this location, they do a couple of things. They do tours for, for guests. They do like a whole PowerPoint presentation that you can learn about the different regions and the differences between olive oil, olive oil <laughs> prosciutto, and Parmesan cheese. And then you can also do like cooking classes there. And the gal who did our tour just did a great job. Like it was, there's a lot of one-on-one attention, but this gal knew her stuff. Like she graduated in cultural foods and. Yeah, she did a great job. She did a fabulous job. And so I will, this year we will have students who go and get to do this tour and they actually get to do cooking classes. And so it was so fun to actually go and take pictures and see where our students are going to get to see this presentation. But part of the presentation was learning to detect the taste between the different types of food and where they were cured and what were the differences between them. It was just, it was really cool. Yeah, it was neat. They They also really nice facilities. Yeah. They give us a cookbook. They did. They also um, have like one of the oldest or most comprehensive, what is it called? Gastronomy. Gastronomy. (laughs) Food libraries. Food libraries. Yeah. Like in the world. Mm -hmm. And they had actual menus that dated. Really old. Ancient, ancient. Ancient menus. So if anyone ever wanted to learn about menus or food and how they evolved, like they've got the information all right there. Yeah. Our students are going to be so excited about this. It was fun. I'm glad that we did that. Yeah. It was really informative for us um, learning about olive oil and prosciutto and Parmesan cheese. And Mm -hmm. we really like food. So this is probably the most foodie thing that we did the whole time that we were there. And the mm. olive oil, if you don't know how to taste, what is it? Like detect the taste, you actually have to do this like you have to suck in. Oh, yeah. To try to like vaporize it. Yeah. To get it on your... To get like the taste and to get the flavors of what the olive oil is, you have to do this like... <laughs> <laughs> you have to yeah. like put your tongue on like the top of your two front teeth and do this slight like intake of air to like... Yeah, mix it, mix the oil with air in order to get it. To get some of the taste. But if you do it, if you're not careful, it will just like go up your nose. <laughs> Or like or your... spray into your sinuses and yeah. Yeah, and 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 the gal was so sweet about it, but she's like, Yeah, everybody chokes their first time. <laughs> like it gets into your throat and it burns a little bit. But yeah. that was probably the like some something new that I learned that I didn't know about. Yeah. Anything else? Like was there anything that you wish we wouldn't have done in Italy? Wish we wouldn't have done? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I can think of a moment that should not have happened. The car rental. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about it or do you want me to talk about it? Well, so we were going to rent a car to, where were we? Florence? We were in Florence. And, and we were going to rent a car to go to a couple of different agro-tourism places that were a little ways outside of the city. Yeah, they were bigger places too. Larger, family-owned agro-tourism places. I think one was olive oil and then one was a winery. And so we went to rent the car, but we couldn't rent the car Uh because we had to have a a credit card because at the time we didn't have one Mm -hmm. or we had one, but it had like a really low limit on it. But the lady, we're trying to just pay with with our debit card, which had plenty of money to cover the deductible and everything. We we had the money to do it, but this lady just would not. I don't know if it was, she was saying maybe it was corporate policy or something that it had to be a credit card, but it was just, so we took time and uh, it didn't work out. I do remember saying this may not work if we don't have a credit card with a higher limit. I don't remember you saying that. It was not a pleasant experience. That was probably the worst thing that happened the whole time. It wasn't that bad. She wasn't, like, mean about it. She wouldn't... But she just wasn't budging. She wasn't budging. My name was on there, so I couldn't use your credit card because it was in my name. We couldn't use a university card. I didn't even bring my university card because technically I'm not supposed to use it on, like actual like these types of expenses like it can be on a conference registration but not on something like this and then she wouldn't even let us use our university card from my coworkers in in rome 
And so they're all frustrated. We're frustrated. I was a little happy about it, though. Why? Because I I was just feeling nervous about the whole experience. About driving? About driving. Having me driving? Driving there. And because we didn't have... Oh, we did have a GPS, I guess, in the car. Yeah. But we didn't really know that at a time. I don't know. Sometimes I just get nervous about stuff. I think it's going to be an adventure. I was really looking forward to it, so I was... I was really frustrated when it didn't work and out. after the fact, I think it could have been cool to do. But sometimes I get nervous about it and just would rather like do safe, comfortable things instead of uh, scary things. Yeah. And this is the same thing that happened in Dubai with, because uh, remember, we were going to talk about like going to not Abu Dhabi. Yeah, we we're going to go to Abu Dhabi for a day. Rent yeah. a car, go rent to Abu Dhabi. And it's the same thing. Well, we probably couldn't have rented a car because we didn't have a credit card that had enough limit on it. But like, I just get scared about it. Yeah. I, I do and, but, recall. And sorry. then, but after the fact, it's like, well, it should have. It would have been, it would have been fun. It could have been an adventure. Like, to go and see, we can do all, like, the safe, comfortable, touristy things. Or we can, you know, take a risk and go somewhere and, you know, see things that, that aren't on, that are off the beaten path or whatever, that are a little more risky. So I need to get better at, at doing that. But that's why you married me. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a fly by the seat of my pants half the time. I so I, d- I do remember being a little relieved that it didn't work out. That's not fair. Well. What's not fair? I know it's not. We fought. I mean, it's not like we didn't try. Like, there was nothing we could no, have done. No, I did say before we go, I don't think this is going to work. Like, we need to have a card with more limit on it because there might be expenses that we have to pay for that this won't cover. And I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that being the case. And I, I think... Because it's not like we didn't have the money. We had the money. We just, like, a place that only lets you use a credit card. Yeah, I, I was surprised that we've exist. had, that we've had experiences where we've been able to use our debit card to do car rentals in the States. Because every other time that I've wanted to do a car rental... I've never had a problem before. always been a credit card that they've asked for. We've never had a problem before. And your credit card didn't have all the limit available because we it's hadn't paid the limit. bill for it on it. Yeah, but even then, it wouldn't have been enough. It wasn't like an overdue bill. Sorry, let's correct this. Like we had we had bought other things on it. Right? Well, we, so I, no, yeah, I think you just hadn't like you had paid for the phone bill, and it was just frustrating to have a credit card not be able to use it because it didn't have enough limit on it. But even <laughs> so, we couldn't have used it because it was in my name. Yeah, and I didn't bring my. I should have brought my work card, but then I couldn't have used it because I didn't tell them it was going to be out of the country. Yeah, they wouldn't let they wouldn't let them use it at all. I was frustrated. It ended up working out okay because by that point in time, we were just really tired. I think I needed a break. Um, And so we ended up catching a train, going up to Bologna, and just taking the afternoon and just resting. Yeah. We found our our place, and I think we went out for dinner. But other than that, like, we answered emails, we did work stuff, and then we just rested that afternoon. And that was probably better than if we had rented a car and been frustrated about driving around. Yeah. So that was that was probably the most disappointing thing because I really like renting a car and just finding our way and going around. But I know that's not like the most comfortable thing for you. I think part of it is that like we didn't have cell phones. We didn't we didn't have a way to like contact people. And I know this is like the new thing. You know, 10 years ago, nobody had a cell phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just so used to it that like had the car broke down or something. Mm-hmm. We had no way to do anything. I think that just worries me. Yeah, so I think a um, note for me in the future if we do do if we do things like this on a work budget that I just need to suck it up and say I need to put an international phone plan on my phone so that we always have a way to use a phone when we're overseas no matter what like the cost. And I was just trying to save money and I didn't feel like it was necessary because almost every place we went was fine. We did have a phone. Not in Italy. Yeah, they gave us one when we went to Rome. They gave us one when we went to Rome. That's how we were able to call her. Oh. And then we even brought it all the way back to state, out to the states. Like we took it to Turkey, mm. we took it to Dubai, we came back, and then we sent it back with a faculty member. Mm. Okay, so that excuse is out. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. I don't know the details. It's, no, I it's just... totally fine. It, it's over and done with. I, I like. I think that we're still learning what's good for us to travel together and being conscious of like this is something you're comfortable with, but it's not something that I'm comfortable with, or vice versa. And you just become more adventurous with like some of the things that we do. And haven't yet. I mean, I only have like. We both traveled abroad um, quite a bit, but I lived abroad for like. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. I just had a I just had a few more years of just randomly going places and 
just having to figure it out and that's fine. Yeah. But I think the more that we do this together, the easier it is for us to make decisions on the fly and know that they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Or knowing that if we rent this car, it'll still be fine. Like we'll just we'll just figure it out and that'll be good. When? Yeah. No, that's right. So that was Italy. You're, you... you're like crying. No, I'm not. Am I look like I'm crying? Yeah, your eyes look sad. Oh, no. I think I was really sad about not being able to rent the car. Yeah. And go. I think I was more sad because I knew I, somewhere deep down inside, I just knew that the credit card you had with the limit that was on it wasn't going to cover what they wanted. And then I had no other option when I've always had an option when I lived overseas we won't have this problem now because we do have a different card with a higher limit that we're both okay using. And if there were emergencies in the future, we have a high enough limit to do stuff like if we need to buy emergency tickets home. Like that's Mm -hmm. something that we have available to us now. And I feel much more comfortable going overseas now in the future with a card that can... But the problem was never money. They just wouldn't take our money. Yeah. So I don't want to call them out. So Hertz, y'all need to get your act together on this. Yeah. So that was kind of a downer note to end on. So I would say overall, Italy was a successful trip. Mm-hmm. From and a work standpoint. From a work standpoint, it's great. Personally. We have a program going this summer with, gosh, I think there's probably 17 people that are going on this program. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. And we had no problem getting students. So it's kind of fun to see this this program, like this trip actually come to fruition. And so it's been really fun to to yeah. see like something that we really worked hard at pay off. Would you say it was successful? Definitely. And would you go again? Mm-hmm. I would go again. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to DC first. Okay, let's go to DC mm-hmm. first. Um, so thanks for joining in if you're still around. <laughs> yeah, so that was Italy. Uh, thanks for sticking around and listening to it. If you have any fun stories about when you went to Italy or things that we should have seen but didn't or suggestions about how to enjoy Italian food or whatnot, we'd love to hear about it and join us in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash funk travels. Groups slash funk travels. Groups slash funk travels. You can find it in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. Or on our website funktravels.com mm-hmm. uh, so on funktravels.com you go to podcast and then from the podcast you can see all of our episodes we've got three now this will be our fourth yeah and each one of those podcast episodes has a show note page and you can just go through the links and so if there's anything that you've heard that sounds interesting you can click on those yeah that's also where you can leave your comments of things that you've done in italy that we totally missed out on because we are going to go back someday yeah also if you are listening and you like our our podcast we'd love to hear about it on itunes so if you can head over to itunes and leave us a review so you can decide if you like us or not hopefully you do like us um this helps other people find us and helps other listeners just connect to our podcast and the more reviews and the more liked rates that we get um the easier it is for us to um be visible to other folks out there you can also find the link to our podcast in itunes via our uh, website great yeah well thanks again for joining in it's been fun and we look forward to the next time see you all soon bye